With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sports Another But Sports with Kent Sterling for Monday, December 9th, 2019. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill's the best dentist that there is. That's why I have gone to him exclusively for the last 25 years. Only dentist I go to, have gone to, the last 25 years, Dr. Mike O'Neill. Call him. Make an appointment today. 317-849-2933. Lots of things to talk about today. First and foremost, the Indianapolis Colts. They lost yesterday 38-35. Somehow or another, despite generating four turnovers, the Colts' defense allowed 38 points. Now, sometimes people get 38 points by different means. Maybe they got turnovers. Maybe they had a pick six. Maybe they had a punt return, a kick return, something like this that would account for the offense. No, not in this case. Uh, Jameis Winston, he threw for 456 yards and four touchdowns yesterday. The Buccaneers' offense was prolific despite the fact that Mike Evans was injured in the first half. What in the hell is the matter with this defense for the Indianapolis Colts? Is it scheme? Is it personnel? What is it? Let's talk about that, and let's talk about what we do moving forward, what the Colts need to do, and what we as fans and media need to wonder about. All right, three games left in this season. Next Monday night, they play at New Orleans, and they've got Carolina at home. And then finally, to end this thing, you've got Jacksonville at Jacksonville. So once that's all done and over with, and, and the Colts are eliminated from the playoffs sooner rather than later, they're 6-7, and seven. there's no way. You've got to get to 10 wins like they did last year in order to get to the playoffs. Sometimes 9-7 and seven squeaks in. Very, very rarely the Colts right now it is a distant dream to go to the playoffs. So let's put that entirely out of our heads. And let's talk about Chris Ballard and the questions that he needs to address this offseason. Look, Chris Ballard has been on this job for three years. And so far, his primary responsibility has kind of been undoing all the mess that Ryan Gregson, his general manager, caused. He had a roster that was one of the NFL's worst. He had a coaching staff that he had to evaluate, but then kick out the door because they weren't good at what they needed to do. 
So, so far, it's been, and, and this is kind of that, uh, that wonderful period of time, that sweet spot in time for a manager, whether it's in business or sports, where it's addition by subtraction. Subtracting is easy. Knock, it's like buying an old dilapidated house. It's not hard to knock the old one over. It is tough to build a new one. And we're at a point where Chris Ballard has got to build the new one. He's had three drafts. He'll have a fourth draft. He's got a lot of assets in this fourth uh, draft. First rounder, obviously, then a second rounder that belonged to the Washington Redskins, and it should be in the 34 to 36 range. And then he's got his own second round draft pick. So you've got three that in all likelihood are going to be in the top 45 in the draft or top 48. What do you do with those picks? What are the questions and the concerns that you need to address if you're Chris Ballard looking toward 2020 and beyond? The first question is, is Jacoby Brissett the long-term answer at quarterback? Ballard, he wasn't responsible for Luck's retirement, and Brissett as a replacement gave the Colts a chance to compete if everything else went perfectly. It doesn't go perfectly in the NFL. It didn't go perfectly this year. Look at the wide receivers for the Colts and their weapons, all right? Marlon Mack has had to sit for games. T.Y. Hilton has been... Look at, let's go back to the wide receivers, though. T.Y. Hilton, Devin Funches, Paris Campbell, uh, Reese Fountain, Deion Kane, Chester Rogers. Those were really thought to be your top uh, six guys, all right? Hilton hadn't been able to play in a while. Paris Campbell just back from his broken hand after he had sat earlier because of another malady. Then you've got Funches, who broke his collarbone in the season opener against the Chargers. Chester Rogers is now on IR. Deion Kane is playing for the Steelers. And Reese Fountain didn't make it out of camp. These weapons all gone. And then Eric Ebron, really kind of that matchup problem, that hybrid guy, At tight end, Eric Ebron is now on IR with double ankle surgery. So you've got to evaluate Jacoby Brissett through that prism. Let's talk about another thing, and I'm not being a a Jacoby Brissett apologist. Far from it. Let's talk about Adam Vinatieri. Because including yesterday's game, which wasn't Vinatieri, it was a new guy, uh, you've got the new guy, McLaughlin, right? And Vinatieri responsible for four losses. Not solely responsible. I, the other guys could have done something that did some good and caused the, the Colts not to have to rely on a kicker. But if you took misses and you made them makes, all right, you would win four games that you lost. That takes the Colts from six and seven to 10 and three. If they're 10 and three, all of a sudden you're talking about maybe going to a Super Bowl with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. So this is not all Jacoby Brissett. But as we saw yesterday, Jacoby Brissett tends to hold on to the ball too long. Jacoby Brissett, a couple of times with a game on the line, in particular in the fourth quarter, there was that pass to Jack Doyle that was traveling about 180 miles an hour, had a vapor stream coming off the back, and Jack Doyle couldn't hold on. He overthrew Doyle on another pass. Jacoby Brissett looks to be a guy who, when things are going well, has no problems. 
And then in the fourth quarter, when it's nut-cutting time and you got to go out there and win a game, he has trouble doing it. Elite quarterbacks get paid to win games in the fourth quarter. Let's remember 2017. And we didn't take Jacoby Brissett's performance in 2017 and, and make him responsible for it, right? Because you had Chuck Pagano, you had Rob Chudzinski, you had guys who were very, very conservative. But why were they conservative? Was it about Jacoby Brissett? Or was it that Jacoby Brissett chose to be conservative in those moments? We know this, that in 2017, I believe there were nine games in 2017 where the Colts held a lead going into or during the fourth quarter and did not hold on to win the game. This year, the last three games, the Colts, they were either in the lead or tied heading into the fourth quarter and led all three of those games at some point in the fourth quarter, and they have lost all three of those games. So, is this a Brissett issue? Is this a wide receiver weapon issue? Can you foresee T.Y. Hilton becoming healthier Last year, we know he had the problem with his ankles, and that was one of the one of the reasons he really didn't play too well against the Chiefs this year. Uh, does he have a 100-yard receiving game? If he does, it was a long time ago. It's been a while. Do you foresee T.Y. Hilton getting healthier? He came into the league in 2012, right? So this is his eighth season. Next year is his ninth season. He's got a lot more career behind him than ahead of him. So what do you think about T.Y. Hilton moving forward? Do you take the draft equity that you have and turn that into a weapon at wide receiver? Or do you think, okay, Brissett is not our guy. So we're going to turn the page on Jacoby. He's going to be here. He's going to tutor the new guy for a year. We're going to live with Jacoby Brissett as a game manager for that year while this new guy kind of figures out what the hell's going on, and we're going to move forward in that way. Or do you just draft weapons to surround Brissett with and hope that because of the weapons, he becomes a more dynamic player, more dynamic weapons, more dynamic quarterback, right? There's that equation. That is one of the questions that Chris Ballard is going to have to answer this offseason. Then you've got to ask a question about the defense. Is this about staffing or scheme? Is this about roster composition? Is this about the linebackers and defensive backs being really, really young in this league? Or is it about Matt Eberflus? What was yesterday's defensive collapse about? Look, here's what the Colts did yesterday. They allowed 38 points to be scored. As we mentioned earlier, they created four turnovers, including one pick six. 17 points were generated off Buccaneers' turnovers. The defense did their job in generating turnovers. But as that game moved along, you had a defense that was sending blitzers, and then behind the blitzers, they were in a really soft zone. So what did Jameis Winston do? You had Byron Leftwich as the offensive coordinator. Bruce Arians as a head coach, one of the great offensive coordinators in the history of the NFL. And then sitting on the bench, you've also got Tom Moore. Tom Moore, the best offensive coordinator in my mind in the history of the National Football League. All right, so you've got three really good offensive minds, and they're going up against Matt Eberflus. Did Eberflus lose that chess match yesterday? It sure as hell seemed like it did. There was a lot of confusion, confusion with Malik Hooker and uh, uh, Kari Kari Willis. 
as to who was supposed to be where at what point and when they were going to pass off receivers and all that stuff in that zone. That defense failed utterly yesterday to stop Jameis Winston. They failed. Either they generated turnovers or the Buccaneers went bing, 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 touchdown. That's what happened yesterday. Jameis Winston, four touchdown passes, three interceptions. You know what? He wasn't perfect, but he was dynamic as hell. He's like the anti-Jacoby Brissett. Winston goes out. He might lose you games. He might win you games, but he is never going to manage a game in a way that's going to allow somebody else to determine what happens on that day. The defense has got to figure itself out. These guys are really, really young. Kari, a rookie. Malik Hooker in his third year. You had uh, Rocky Asin starting at one of the quarterbacks. He's a rookie. Quincy Wilson came into the game as there was an injury to uh, Rocky Asin, and and he's a third-year guy, but he's still, as a third-year guy, chronologically, he's younger than Rocky Asin. The linebackers with Darius Leonard, the two picks yesterday, good. You had uh, Bobby Okariki, not a bad day. Anthony Walker, that linebacker core, pretty good. You had some shoddy tackling yesterday. Jabal Sheard, notably, in uh, in the backfield, failed to secure the running back, and that caused problems. The Indianapolis Colts have a problem with that defense. You do not allow the Buccaneers to score 38 points while turning the ball over four times and not say that you've got a problem. Is that a Matt Eberflus problem as a, as a defensive coordinator? Or do they need to upgrade at a variety of positions? Kenny Moore wasn't there yesterday. Kenny Moore being gone really hurt that defense. But they, didn't get to, they couldn't get to the quarterback with four guys. That's a problem. Kamoko Ture, a guy who's been injured. Here, speaking of injuries, here's another question. What about the health? Of this team. The Indianapolis Colts, year after year after year, are among the NFL leaders in games lost to injury. Why? You've got to figure that out. Is it protocol during uh, camp? Is it a level of conditioning? Is it a completely flat field? At, At most stadia, you've got kind of a humped field for drainage. You don't need drainage at Lucas Oil Stadium. Because the roof is closed, it does not accommodate water. There's never going to be water on that field, so you don't need drainage. There's no hump. So it's completely flat. Is that a reason? They seem to occur on the road, at home, in practice, wherever. So what is the cause for all these injuries? I have no idea, but the Colts need to figure this out. Because it happens way too often. Season after season after season, it happens And you've got to find out the cause for it. It cannot be coincidence. It cannot be happenstance. There has got to be a root cause for this. Uh, Adam Vinatieri is the kicker for this team. I think that everyone agrees that this is it for Adam, right? Adam Vinatieri is at the end of the line. He's 46. He's going to be 47 in, in like three weeks, and it's over for him. So what do you do about a kicker? Like we said, If your kicker is perfect, you're going to win games in the National Football League. The line between winning and losing in the NFL is so razor thin, and and teams are so tightly clustered that it's it's almost impossible to overstate the value of an accurate kicker. Mike Vanderjat was really valuable. 
until the big kicks in the playoffs. Adam Vinatieri has been fantastic over the last 14 years as the kicker for the Indianapolis Colts. Who do you go get to replace Vinatieri? That's going to be a huge, uh, huge hire. You look at what happened to the Bears last year with Cody Parkey and the doink-doink. You can't have that. Yesterday, you saw it with the new guy hitting the right uh, upright and having the ball just fall outside the crossbar. You cannot have that and win games. Yesterday, if he makes that field goal, you're in great shape as far as winning that game because the Buccaneers, that last touchdown in which they took the lead, they took a three-point lead, all of a sudden that's a tie, and the worst you're going to have is overtime. Then you don't have to worry about scoring a touchdown late, you know, or kicking a field goal to tie. You're thinking about winning the game with a touchdown or tying with a field goal. It's a completely different mindset late in that game. Chris Ballard has got to figure out what he is doing. He has done by his reckoning and and looking at it from a distance. We're not in the room. I'm not going to pretend we're in the room. We're in the media room, but we're not in the room as guys discuss stuff. He thinks, he believes that he is building a championship foundation for this team. The underpinnings of that foundation are from the draft. He goes out and gets guys in the draft. Look at the contributions that the Colts have gotten from like fourth and fifth round guys, whether it's Naheem Hines, Jordan Wilkins, Kari Willis, all these guys, Bobby Okariki in the third round. They know who they want, and they go get those guys, and those guys wind up being very productive. They've had misses. Quincy Wilson, I think he would say is a miss. I like Quincy Wilson, but can he play? Is he ever going to be able to play? He was real young when he came into the league, and now he's a little bit older, but he doesn't seem any better suited to life as an NFL cornerback as he was when he came into the league. Malik Hooker, can he stay healthy? Marlon Mack, can he stay healthy? These guys, when they're on the field, they're dynamic and they're helpful, but so often they're unable to do that. What, uh, what Chris Ballard has not done, with a few notable exceptions like Justin Houston, he has not gone heavy into free agency. Because free agency, you need to patch holes with free agents. You build your culture through the draft. That's what Ballard has done. Is that the right trek to be so draft-reliant? Or do you kind of need to split it up and say, okay, we're going to build through both. We're going to get the right guys in free agency. We're going to get the right guys in the draft. And this is how we're going to build our team. At some point, you're going to have to pay these young guys, guys like... uh, Quentin Nelson, you're going to have to pay him. You're going to have to pay Braden Smith. You're going to have to uh, pay Ryan Kelly. You're going to have to pay these guys who are in there, uh, that rookie contract, that first-round contract. You're going to have to do that at some point. You're going to have to pay Darius Leonard. You're going to have to pay these guys. So you're going to need the cap money to be able to go do that. In the interim, you get free agents on a one-year deal like Devin Funches, one-year, $10 million. That's a good deal. You didn't know he was going to break his collarbone in week one against the Chargers. Chris Ballard, for my money, has done a terrific job. Last year was a bit of an anomaly. Winning nine of your last ten, that isn't going to happen every year. They're not going back to the playoffs this year. Six and seven, that's death in the, in the AFC. You are not going to get into the playoffs 
at 9-7, and seven, not this year. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Like I said, it's not going to this year. So you got to think about 2020 and beyond. Chris Ballard, he's got questions to answer. And like we said, the first one has got to be about Jacoby Brissett. But for me, like question 1B is Matt Eberflus. Is he the right guy? He's a developmental defensive coordinator. He's a guy who holds players accountable for their behavior on the field, and for the way they tackle, for the way they defend. He's a nitpicky, uh, detail-oriented guy. Young players, they need that. But at some point, you've got to go out and get a guy who schematically can compete with Tom Moore and Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich and other guys in the NFL who are really, really good at putting a game plan together, a multi-tiered game plan to address, uh, expose your weaknesses and counter your strengths. That's what you got to have as a defensive coordinator. And is Matt Eberflus that guy? I don't know at this point. Chris Ballard, he needs to know. Tonight, the Indiana Pacers taking on the Los Angeles Clippers. That game at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. It's the return of that one guy who used to play here for a while. And he doesn't anymore. Demanded to trade Oklahoma City. And so the Pacers got back Victor Oladipo and Domas Sabonis. I'd rather have Oladipo and Sabonis than I would this other guy. And really tonight, because that trade worked out in the favor of the Indiana Pacers, I think the Pacers fans ought to treat that guy with some reasonable accommodation, which means don't boo when he's announced. Don't boo. Be indifferent because we should be indifferent. He was indifferent toward the city of Indianapolis. All the Pacers were to him was the name on the paycheck, right? He gets paid by these people, and he wears their clothing. That's what he does, and that's what he did. And then he decided he didn't want to be here anymore, so he's not here, and he lied about it on his way out the door, and so indifference is the right play. Butler, they get going again tomorrow night at Baylor. Baylor, really good, ranked 11th this season. Butler is, uh, you know what, Butler's one of the surprise teams in college basketball, coming off a terrific win at Hinkle Fieldhouse on Saturday against Florida. Love the way they play. They don't take any possessions off on either end. They play connected defense, and they execute offensively at a really high level. They support each other. They're a true team. It's the Butler way. And then Indiana also in action tomorrow night at Madison Square Garden. They're taking on UConn. Hopefully, they show up and play a good 40 minutes after going to Wisconsin and getting absolutely run out of the Cole Center. They take that 20-point loss in a, a game that was not nearly that close, where Indiana just frankly as a team just didn't show up. There were individuals like Al Durham, who I think played hard throughout the game, but not as a team. As a team, they utterly failed to compete. That cannot happen. They're not talented enough to get away with not competing and still win games. This has been Sports Nothing But Sports with Kent Sterling for Monday, December 9th, 2019. Join me tomorrow morning for Breakfast with Kent straight up at 8 o'clock on Facebook Live, straight up kind of or straight out at about 8.15 on Periscope Live, which is also accessible on Twitter. Follow me at Kent Sterling. Join me tomorrow morning brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.